Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off Angel. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. Point is, the end result is the same. Duty calls. I have searched the world over before you. That is so cool. You guys all just have this really tight bond. Just call me the computer whisperer. He seemed so nice and normal. You don't want to come back to my place? The smell makes me nauseous. You know, I thought it was going to be a slow night. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Can we go now? Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. And I'm Rex. And today on Beer with Buffy, we're reviewing the episode season five, number two, The Real Me, or just Real Me without the the, but apparently I say the a lot, like I'm going to go to the grocery store or give me some of that the bong. (laughs) And it's weird to some people. What? I don't know. Where'd that come from? A co-worker of mine from when I was an instructor at ID Tech Camps said I say the a lot. I took it very personally, and he was like, no, it's just an observation, bro. (laughs) I was like, I take that the personally. (laughs) Man, you've been harboring that one for a long time. A couple of years now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, welcome. Keanu Speed, Rex. Reeves be with you. Reeves damned be with me. Yeah, it's uh, I'm working on it. You know, I've actually <laughs> so it's uh, work in progress. I've actually almost truthfully incorporated by Keanu's beard mm-hmm. into my vocabulary, my my daily lexicon. It pleases me every time I fucking say it. By Keanu's beard. <laughs> I mean, he also has a mustache. Yeah, but him with just a mustache. No, that's just creepy. <laughs> no, thank you. I don't think I want to see a picture of Keanu Reeves with just a mustache. Well, I'm not talking about... I'm just saying it's part well, of the whole beard. He also has a mustache. Well, yeah, but nobody says, hey, look at that beard and mustache. It's just a beard. Like, Well, maybe they should. Uh, no, they shouldn't. I'm starting this. <laughs> the beard is... Okay. Uh, that's too much work. you're lucky Keanu Reeves I'm far too lazy for this (laughs) I guess next on the docket Rex has a list of all of our executive producers to uh, read you a list of yes executive producers aside from you know the cat don't you start with the thes now (laughs) the cat why not just cat or you know maybe use his name he has a name Rex yes his name is The Master Floof, Mr. Edgar Allan Purr. All right, I'll take it. I actually, like, in his registration for his, his microchip, it says that. Yeah, no, it's on his birth certificate. <laughs> I, I didn't know it was actually on his registration, but that's amazing. <laughs> so anyway, we have now 21 executive producers as the ti- as of the time of this recording. Because we just got some new ones, and our new ones are Christina, Lauren Jewell, Catherine Parkinson, and then some of our regulars, we have Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Patrick J.F., Hilly Hilfman, Scarlett Choi, Janella Lindauer, Simo Pinty, Meredith McCaslin, 
Rose Clark, C in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, K Fro Gnome, Father DeFenestrato, Methuen DeBurr, Ha, I didn't fuck it up. Well done. Kelly McAdams, Shuby Pathic, Jesse Rain, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so much. Without you, this show literally isn't possible. Hot dog boy, howdy, is that list getting satisfyingly long, but not too long for us to continue reading in its entirety. Yes. Per episode. Wow. All these fucking crazy nut jobs that want to <laughs> give us money. When did this happen? I don't know. It's it's wonderful. I didn't say and, stop. And kind of weirding me out, but it's wonderful. Shh, shh, shh. They'll hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's their favorite thing about you, though. Right? That they can hear me? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> a couple times a month. Technically, yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> certainly not where I was going with that. A compliment? Excuse me. <laughs> no, I meant that you're weird, and also hopefully that I am weird. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A guarantee. Thank God that they listen to this because we are some weird motherfuckers. <laughs> How very weird. <laughs> Oh, thank you, John Candy. God rest your soul. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, uh, it's that time of day, everybody, for that segment of the show that we haven't done in a fucking while. Yeah. Because some people like to take sabbaticals <laughs> just so that they can binge us later. Well, okay, I can hardly blame you. Yeah. Um. But it's time for River Crystal Sam's Messages. After these messages, we'll be sued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I actually looked really hard to, to find the rights to that, that little jingle. And uh, that's owned by a very large corporation, and they enforce it. Oh, is it? Yeah. I was just going to say, I'm sure nobody would notice or care if we used it. Nope. They enforce it. Yeah. So we will not be using it. It's a Nickelodeon thing, right? No, it's uh, ABC. Oh. ABC or NBC. I can't quite remember. Okay. Well, we're One not, of those two. We're not going to fuck with that then. Even yeah. if it would be, even if it would work under like the Fair Usage Act or something. We're risking enough by reviewing something owned by Disney. Yeah. Because Disney owns this shit now. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> well, we hardly use clips from the show. Except in all our music. It's at least fair use. We can claim fair use on that. <laughs> right. Okay, so we got a fuck ton of messages to burn through. Yes. Um. Yes, we did edit the shit out of you, River Crystal Sam. <laughs> we always did. <laughs> we always will. And then we have a new caller. And then one more <laughs> fast fucking message from River. So first one, go. Beep. Hi, Rex. Hi, Josh. Um, I know it's been a minute. I think I just finished with, um, whatever you guys called expecting. You said you didn't like the episode. Fuck you. I like that episode. Um, <laughs> I think Cordy Pregnant is real goddamn amusing. As usual, I relate to the bad dating mishaps. But anyway, I want to touch back on Hardingus, uh, Doyle. I didn't know that uh, his, I, I know that he died, but I didn't know it was all, you know, alcoholisms and stuff. Kudos to you, Rex. I don't know if you're still, like, laying off the booze, but I actually quit drinking two months ago. Also, I am a Patreon supporter, so you owe me some goddamn ferret names. But that might mean I have to get more ferrets, because these ones already have names. They're biscuit and gravy, because I'm fat and I like food. All right, you guys are awesome. 
later. How'd you feel about that message, Rex? (laughs) You know, I have to say I'm perfectly fine with you having a dissenting opinion because I have dissenting opinions to Josh and he disagrees with me and, you know, we want the discourse. You're perfectly welcome to your wrong opinion. Yeah. (laughs) But also, like, we want the discourse. That's why we're fucking doing this. Yeah, that's why we opened up fucking voicemail in the first place. So that we can shut that shit down. (laughs) Right? We're gatekeepers. No, that's, that's not... And elitist nerds. No. Is our thing. No. Isn't it? No. I, well, I thought that was in the goddamn contract. What contract? I fucking quit. Crash sound effects here. <laughs> you know I'm not actually going to put any crash sound effects in. No, that's why that's funny. <laughs> that's too much work. <laughs> so... Anyway, yeah. Um, It, it is sad about uh, Doyle's... Yeah. Or the actor. Fuck. What's his name? Uh, Glenn Quinn. It is really sad about Glenn Quinn's addiction shit, but, you yeah. know, we already lived that once. Yeah. I'm assuming you probably just recently heard those episodes because you were binging us. Yes. We're addicted. And uh, we also, congratulations on no booze. Yeah. Good job. Um. Yes, I am still not drinking much booze. I did, however, partake quite a bit on my birthday, which is the day after St. Patty's Day. What? Uh, for no. the for the next half a year, I am officially older than Josh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez! What's funny is the percentage is always getting smaller, but the gap will never close. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I I am. No matter how hard I try, I am not currently drinking. I am still drinking uh, ginger beer for the show here. Uh, however, in about 12, 13-ish weeks from now, I will be riding my century, and then it's booze o'clock! <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> I'm always bringing it up from the rear with some goddamn bad wine over here. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, that rhymed. And anyway. also, as far as your ferrets... I don't know that we can really do better than biscuits and gravy. Those are excellent <laughs> ferret names. I, I'm partial to lettuce and tomato. <laughs> um bacon and uh bacon, eggs. ham bacon and eggs they, oh like, yeah or ham and eggs whatever mm, eggs i like Just eggs. all sorts of breakfast foods <laughs> all the breakfast breakfast foods whatever next message beep so here comes message number two <laughs> yeah the shit with joss can't see i didn't see it coming because everybody in, in, in Hollywood and whatever is a fucking douchebag. I'm in the mindset of there are so many fucking creators within this universe. It's not just Joss. I mean, Marty Noxon's still a good person, right? God, I fucking hope so. Maybe even David Greenwald. I don't know. Uh, let's hope. Also, yes, I am truly a Patreon. Um, I don't know if you actually... He hadn't made the connection, probably, but I am Kfro Gnome. I am the madam of many monikers. Yeah, Joss is a dick. And more than likely, if you like someone from Hollywood, they're probably a dick. They're also a dick. It's definitely not just Joss. Um, who the fuck is Marty Knox? Is he one I, of... Fuck if I, I assume he's one of the other creators, because you definitely said another creator name in there that I didn't write down. But they're probably not as big a dicks as Joss was. But it's certainly not not in the cards that they are also dicks. We have Keanu Reeves, 
Weird Al Yankovic, and Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks. I was just going to say. That's it. That's that's all we need. Just focus on the three. That's good enough, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The Trinity. (laughs) We have a holy trinity. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Oh, God. Uh. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I'm I'm sick of talking about the Josh shit. He can go fuck himself. We're just going to appropriate his show now. Anyway, so... I, I think I knew that you were K Fro Gnome, Crystal. Oh, yeah. River, I knew that. Sam. The Madam of Many Monikers. I fucking love that too. Yes. River Crystal Sam's messages. The Madam of Many Monikers. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good. This is just gonna keep getting longer. I didn't I didn't think your name could keep getting longer. <laughs> but I'm literally going to make that change. Okay. By the way, everybody that ever tells us their name. I keep a contacts list just because, you know, we have a legitimate phone system in Google. And it's just easier that way. Yeah. Google's going to get very upset at me because I'm sure there's a character limit for that shit. Anyway, message three? Yes. All right. (laughs) On our way to Mordor, everybody. (laughs) Beep. Ha ha, part number three. We're finally tottering up to fucking Mordor. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Cluck, cluck. Clitoris, clitoris. Yeah, your Wesley voice, spot on. Fuck yeah. Do you have any hobbies? Indeed. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's it. I promise. Swear. Indeed. Tottering <laughs> up to fucking Mordor. It's just, does that conjure images of Rugrats to you? Fucking Rugrats? Rugrats. Tommy Pickles and Chucky, whatever the fuck his name was. Oh, tottering. Okay, I see what you mean. If they were tottering up the fucking (laughs) mountain and they're salmon, Mr. Pickles. No, actually, actually, that just made me think of Muppet Babies. (laughs) Because they did a lot of parody on that fucking cartoon. Going up to Mordor, waka, waka, waka. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I want to see Muppet Babies in Lord of the Rings so bad. How's that Kermit song go? Something, uh, if you were green, I might be mean. I don't, I, no. there's something about being green. Uh, there's the rainbow song. This ring turned my finger green. <laughs> than it was before. I'm not, I got nothing. You have gasted my flabber. <laughs> okay, well, we have a new message bringer, person. You wouldn't know it to listen to them. They sound like they could be River Crystal Sam's identical twin. We're not joking. <laughs> Here they are. They didn't tell us their name. I think I know their name, but they didn't tell us, so we're not going to say it. Oh, wait, we didn't actually talk about other other than the Mordor thing on that message three. Oh, I didn't really have anything else. Did you say cluck, cluck? Clitoris clitoris. I get the clitoris clitoris thing because I tried to make that a thing for a couple episodes. In fact, now I'm bringing it back. God damn it. <laughs> and I'm glad you appreciate my Wesley impersonation. And I can't remember what episode that's from. Do you have any hobbies? <laughs> Just know it was a really awkward but hilarious exchange with a woman because it's fucking Wesley. Right. That's what he does. Unless it's, you know, season two Wesley, in which case he's still horribly awkward unless they want him to not look horribly awkward yeah okay 
Uh, we, we shall call her Shadow Sam. <laughs> Here we go. Beep! So I was not sure if this number was even going to still be legit, seeing as how it came out in 2019. Anyways, apparently this is the Rex not singing line, and I would like to call a bullshit because I would love to hear him sing. I think that would be a treat. Uh, so hello to Rex. Josh and Josh's mom, I hope you are not dead. And if you are, well, rip. Have a super Saturday. Goodbye. Yeah, the number's still legit, as you can see. Yes. Wait um, till you catch up to this episode. About a year from now when this episode <laughs> airs, when you actually get to episode 102 or 3 or whatever the fuck this is. Buffy, you're going to be at the odd numbers from here out. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so uh i already texted you back and said uh skip to episode 100 if you want to hear rex singing i'm so happy that everyone's so happy about me singing yeah because it terrified me <laughs> <laughs> by the way i had to edit the shit out of that to make it actually keep time so that was partially me just want credit where credit's due here anyway thanks for wishing us not dead sorry it's too late if you're listening to this message but now I'm not going to finish that sentence. Yeah, yeah that's, um, that's a... Knocking yeah. on wood. Yeah, weather in Michigan. It's something, isn't it? <laughs> 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 Here we are. <laughs> okay, Shadow Sam number two. Beep! I am currently on season two, episode 18, Halmageddon. You guys are currently looking up different kinds of red fish. And I'm just really upset you landed on an angler fish, but you missed an opportunity to be like, what's this episode's angle fish? You know what? It fucking works. Very disappointed. All right. Have a great day. Drink some water. Bye-bye. It is very hard to think of fish puns, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I nevertheless, I blame Rex. You missed a pun. I. It's like your claim okay, to okay, okay, okay. anything useful, Hold on. man. Hold on. <laughs> I like puns. But I have never claimed to be good at puns. That's an oxymoron. There is no being good at puns. Puns are terrible. I have never. That's why no, people no, no. like them. Okay, fine. It's like liking. I have 80s... never been claimed. I have never claimed to be skilled at puns. It's like liking eighties B movies that are really bad, but they're good bad. <laughs> anyway, whatever. It's still your fault. Don't worry. I drink all the water. Um, thank you for being concerned for us. Yes, we did drink a bit too much back then, and we're both cutting way back these days. Yeah. But I drink all the fucking water. That's why the all the fish are red, because they have to hold their breath. <laughs> Cheeks are puffing out. They're going, God damn it, this fucking guy's taking all the water. <laughs> One last message, uh, once again, from Crystal River Sam. Beep. Hey, Rex. Hey, Josh. Crystal River Sam here, awkwardly, because driving. Sorry, distracted. Anyway, wanted to, to let y'all know that fucking sea shanty was, was amazing. And I think you need to incorporate it in the beginning of the show. I mean, yeah, I know the sea shanty trend will fucking die eventually, maybe. But I don't care. Yeah, Rex, you did a great fucking job. Also, the episode name, uh, Tu um in L.A. I totally thought that was a reference to, to Tu Wong Fu as well. And I'm ashamed, Josh, that you don't know a better descriptor than it's a bunch of drag queens in a shitty convertible. 
that is like high key like landmark gay film about drag coming into the mainstream um, back in the early 90s. Besides, I would totally pay to watch a resurrected Patrick Swayze in drag again. Keep doing what you're fucking doing. Woohoo! 100 episodes! More sea shanty love. Yes! You're welcome. Now, I have one particular fan in, in mind when I think of this uh, because she has done things of this nature in the past and I just want to see any anybody I want to see anybody singing along with the she shan- the sea god damn it shashi shanty <laughs> yes shashi shanty <laughs> I just want to see one fan singing along with the shanty my birthday was very recent at the time of this recording I know like most of the people who listen to this episode won't listen to it right around this time. I want to see a dubstep remix, guys. Oh, God, not dubstep. Do Come it. on. Yes, no. dubstep. <laughs> no, I want I want to see some fans actually singing the shanty. That's that's half of why I made it. it. Like, it was, yeah, it was pure inspiration. I just need to follow through with it, and it was a lot of fun. Terrifying, and I will probably never do it again. <laughs> but I really would love to see yeah. fans get in on that. If we can get some fans to get in on that, maybe we can finally kill off this sea shanty trend, which <laughs> River Crystal Sam is so adamant to claim that it will die. You know, my mom's boyfriend, when I was growing up, said to me, after I had just really enjoyed the Ninja Turtles movie, and it was my childhood, <laughs> it was like, eh, they'll die someday. And I was like, why would you say that to me? <laughs> I'm eight! You piece of shit. And what he didn't realize is that... No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They can't. (laughs) Even Michael Bay couldn't kill them off, no matter how hard he tried. And boy, howdy, did he try. (laughs) He really did. I can make them so bad that even douchebags won't like them. Uh, (laughs) You tried. He he really underestimated douchebags. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... I'm so sorry if you listen to our podcast and you actually like the new Ninja Turtles. But I'm not because they're terrible and you're wrong. They're actually the old new Ninja Turtles because there's... There's new new Ninja... Oh, Jesus. Well, I'm talking about the Michael Bay ones. He destroyed them. Um, So, yeah, to Wong Fu, I'm glad it wasn't just me. Uh, You're ashamed that I couldn't think of a better descriptor? Well, I have no shame, so bite me. Bite me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sex babomba bite me. Um, and also, I think lots of people would pay good money to resurrect literally anyone, let alone Patrick Swayze. So, right. Why don't we just get on that regardless? And uh, yeah, woo! 100 episodes. Closing it out. Yeah. Yes. Anything else to say? Or is that the end of. Uh... No, I think that's the end of the voicemails. All right. And voicemails. You know what that means it's time for, Rex? Doing the show that people pay us to do? Well, yeah, but first of all, bad wine tasting with bad wine. Yay! Don't worry. We're going to keep it short and sweet. First of all, I'm insanely pissed at myself because, once again, I bought a wine that's not fucking corked because I wasn't paying attention to that. (laughs) I was looking for funny labels. Here's the important question. Did you end up having to pay full price for that one again? Yeah, but it wasn't as much. This one was $17, 
and I didn't have a discount at Sawal's. So today we're drinking, I'm about to massacre the name of this, Pogio Anima. <laughs> Pogio Anima? Anima. A-N-I-M-A. I heard enema. Enema. <laughs> I'm going to give you a Pogio enema. Stick the bottle of wine directly in your backside. You stick your rear in the air, and I tilt the bottle. You can go, wee! Uh, fun fact, there are actually people who do that. Until you poop wine, and it's probably really terrible for you, because you get drunk way too fast that way. Yeah. Pogio enema. I think that's the type of wine... And it's called Lilith, Primitivo, Salento. Look it up, because I don't have the energy. I'm going to read the back of the label. The heel of the boot of Italy is a ruggedly beautiful place for, you know, I'm done. I'm done with that. <laughs> but it's got a chicken lady on it. It's like, imagine an angel, and then put a crow's, or not a chicken, it's more like a crow's head on top of it. And that's literally why I bought the wine. Oh, yeah. It's like a, a Egyptian god kind of thing. Yeah, kind of, sort of. First whiff right out of the bottle here. It smells fucking awful. <laughs> but you know the one from last week called uh, Decoy with the duck on it? You'll notice I'm on a bit of a bird wine kick. <laughs> Apparently. That smelled awful, too, and it ended up tasting pretty okay. So I'm just going to try this one. I'm sure it's not opening up nearly enough before I actually taste it here. But this is bad wine tasting with bad wine. You know, I honestly couldn't tell you the difference between this and decoy. <laughs> Not even a little bit. There, ooh. Oh, it's a little dry at the end. And uh, it's decent. I recommend it. <laughs> As a relatively cheap wine. This has been bad wine tasting with bad wine, everybody. We have other shit to do. We do, in fact, have other shit to do. Uh, then we have the parental synopsis. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Oh, just trying to go about my goddamn business since I'm an adult and I have shit to do. Well, that's nice, Joshua. You know what's more nice? My things. Well, <laughs> color me surprised. So I'm going to need you to take care of your little brother while I go do worky work thingies this evening. You don't work. You're retired. Oh, shush, honey. You know your mama has very important gambling to do. <laughs> and when the fuck did I get a little brother? I don't know. When did you find enough money to buy a VR headset? Oh, uh, why don't we stop asking questions then? Uh... I will certainly agree to that until I feel like telling you I don't remember agreeing to that. <laughs> Business as usual, then. Well, <laughs> I guess come with me, little Gordon, or whatever the fuck your name is. <laughs> it's Jerry, and shut up! You're a dick, and I hate you! God, I love you, Jerry. You just say what we're all thinking. <laughs> Like that little Dawn on your stupid TV show. What the hell is her deal? And where did she come from? Jeez, Mom, I don't know. Maybe if you'd pay attention, you'd know that nobody knows where she came from. And she's not supposed to be there, but clearly everybody's under some weird spell that implanted memories about her. But aside from that, today on Buffy, we get to learn all about <laughs> Buffy's new sister that has apparently always been there. Her little sister, Dawn, as the Scoobies try to solve the murder of the magic shop owner while also juggling little sister watching duty and Joyce's work responsibilities. Xander lends a hand as a babysitter, 
But Harmony and her new gang of idiots try to storm Buffy's house while she's gone patrolling with Riley. Dawn accidentally invites her in, sarcastically and in a threatening way, but nevertheless, she can now enter the house. Xander and Anya fight her off, but the gang is still at large, and Buffy is super pissed about what Dawn did. Dawn, upset about Buffy being upset, runs off and gets kidnapped <laughs> by Harmony's gang. Buffy tracks them down with Spike's directions and rescues Dawn with more annoyance than effort, Buffy decides not to tell Joyce and keep them both out of trouble. Giles buys a magic shop. We're left hanging on whatever the fuck is going on with Don. The end. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. Competition is a beautiful thing. Oh, we open on a scene that I just fucking loved. I loved this scene. Yeah? Why don't you marry it? It's not a person. Well, what's the line, Rex? <laughs> they have to be consenting people. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that so hard for so many people to get? I, you know, that <laughs> was a question I wish I had locked and loaded for my grandpa. <laughs> When he was talking about, well, gay marriage is just a slippery slope to people fucking chickens. And I was like, wait, do you want to fuck a chicken, Grandpa? <laughs> Have you talked to Grandma about this? It sounds to me like you want to fuck a doodle-doo. <laughs> and now we finally figure out where you get it. I come from a it's long hereditary. line of doodle-doodle-doo fuckers. <laughs> Oh, those poor chickens. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah. Giles is uh, kind of talking Buffy through some guided meditation and, and doing some badass one-handed handstands. Then uh, Don ruins it. Ruins the zen. Zen ruiner. No more zen. Very little zen. Yeah. So little zen that you could say there was none. No zen. Nozen? Nozen. Nozen. Zero Zen. I don't know. Zero Zen. Ooh, I like that. Zero Zen. <laughs> but yeah, apparently it was pretty fragile in the first place because she, all she did was knock over this little pile of crystals and Buffy came tumbling down. And she just kind of looks over and is like, can we go now? And I think they really kind of put this scene as a way to reestablish the immense of what the fuck was that? feelings left at the previous episode they need to rehammer in that what the fuck feeling yeah by the way we're shamelessly cramming this new character into the goings-on of yeah. this series have fun yep and yep. Uh, I, that's clearly what they're going for and they didn't hold back no no and uh opening credits yeah so did we mention that buffy's on like on a new mission to be better or something and uh so thank god because giles suddenly has this new surge of feeling useful again because hey giles has a job yeah god i was so tired of unemployed giles right i'm this motherfucker must be doing really well in stocks or something because where is he getting money maybe the watchers council never cut off his checks maybe they just have so much money, they don't even know what's going on with it anymore. Well, of course you get a lifetime pension. We all get lifetime pensions. <laughs> but you only get three. The rest of us get six. <laughs> like, think of how long that entity has been around. 
That they would have so much fucking money. Yeah. They're probably the ones that bought all the gold in Fort Knox. Right? Yeah. They own the world. Probably. The world. And the best they could do was Wesley. (laughs) Shit. Anyway, after opening credits, we cut to Dawn's room and we cut to the ongoing trope of the entire episode. Yeah, she's got some important journaling to do. God, the balls on this 15-year-old are astoundingly large. 14-year-old. 14. However, Michelle Trachtenberg was 15 during this. I'm aware. Yeah, she's... (laughs) Of course, they're always older than their actual character age. (laughs) Fun fact, by the way, Josh. Hmm. She is one year younger than us. Yeah. Yeah, we're the exact same age as Dawn. Yeah. Weird. Well, okay. (laughs) One year older. Weird, weird, weird. Anyway, yeah... Insert teen angst here. Yeah, she's having a Marsha, Marsha, Marsha <laughs> life. I was going to say moment, but life. And uh, she's super jealous of Buffy. Doesn't feel like she gets enough attention. She acts out accordingly, as we saw from her knocking over the fucking crystals during her super sacred meditation ritual thingy. My favorite part about this little bit, though, is it enters into this this voiceover scene where Dawn is basically like, oh, everyone thinks Buffy is so great, but they don't have to live with her. It She's awful to live with. And then they they go to the next scene of, like, getting breakfast cereal, and no, Dawn happens to be the awful one to live with. Dawn <laughs> appears to be pretty awful to live with here, yeah. She takes Buffy's bowl, then she takes the last of the milk, and she gives her this what look. And the voiceover this whole time is like, I could save the world if somebody handed me superpowers and I'd protect my loved ones with a secret identity and blah, blah, blah. But then Joyce tells Buffy she has to take Dawn's school supply shopping, even though she's busy with Giles. And neither Dawn or Buffy want that. So Joyce suddenly has work shit to do. And obviously that takes precedence over saving the fucking world and stuff. I mean, who shops for school supplies at the mall anyway? Because she's like, oh, well, I'm sure Giles would have no problem dropping you and Dawn off at the mall after you go to the magic shop. I mean, he does enjoy driving that car. He does, in (laughs) fact, enjoy driving that car. Anyway, Buffy and Dawn are both mad that Buffy has to take Dawn school shopping. Yeah. Nice little Harry Potter reference here. Back before it blew up into being one of the most well-known series. Series. Things universe high franchise franchises it's a franchise once once it's multiple forms of media it's a franchise yeah anyway one of the most popular franchises on the planet and yeah. profitable she's like geez break a book open occasionally because she said she didn't want to go to hogwarts ha hogwarts i get that you know when they first started uh the voiceover bit i was like oh god this is dumb I, at like, least they kept it moving. Right, they kept it moving, but at this point, uh, when Riley walks in, it struck me as, okay, wait, this voiceover bit is by far the best way to inject characterization into a character that's brand new to us, but supposed to have long since been established at like by the reality that we're visiting here yeah. whatever you want to call it but they're using the superstar method yeah it's like they tested this storytelling technique on the jonathan episode yeah and then used it for real for a whole new character yeah and i did in fact briefly wonder if we should maybe do the same thing again on this show wouldn't work but like 
it's too long of a time period. Yeah, no fuck. It would have been really hard. Also, it's just there was so much more material with the Jonathan episode for that. Yeah. I really liked the way they did this. Like they we got how Dawn feels about Buffy, how she feels about Riley, later how she feels about all the other characters. You yeah, know? I thought it was hilarious cuz Riley comes in and uh, she's like, my sister's boyfriend is so into her. They're always kissing and groping. I bet they've had sex. Remember fucking <laughs> middle school and high school when sex was this big, ridiculous, overblown concept? Yeah. And that's where she still is. I bet they've had sex like it's this fucking scandal. It's like, yeah, kid, they have. Yeah, they're I'm in college. Okay, <laughs> not a kid. And... Uh, she also keeps yelling at Riley because he keeps calling her kid, which I do find condescending. Like, just treat kids like people. Yeah. You, you're you raising them to become good adults. But also, like, you should, if you have a big age gap like that between siblings, you should have a dumb nickname for them. And they should have dumb nicknames for you. Dumb nicknames all around. I'll take your word for it. So anyway, Riley's all geared up for some Netflix and chill, but Buffy... Has fucking double booked herself and completely forgotten. Yeah. But Riley is super understanding because look at that big dumb fucking doofus. Of course he is. Right. It's all fucking supportive Uh, and shit. This is one of my quotes of the day because after realizing the goof, Buffy's like, are you mad at me? And Riley's response is, no, not at all. I'm plotting your death, but in a happy way. (laughs) (laughs) She'll enjoy it. Truly. Death will be a sweet release. It was that perfect level of super fucking dorky, but charming. Yeah. Well, you just kind of defined Riley. I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop on why everybody hates Riley yeah, so much. I, I can't remember why everyone hates Riley. I don't really hate him. Honestly, he's too nice. That's the only reason I'm slightly annoyed with him. I'm like, God, you're so perfect and well-adjusted. Fuck you. <laughs> tool we need conflict here (laughs) seriously so uh he calls her kid again on the way out i'm not a kid like well you are but whatever anyway cut to giles's car (laughs) where they're heading to go shopping 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 (laughs) (laughs) shoes 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 Uh, I haven't thought of that in a long time. Look up the Stanley Parable if you want to get that joke. Otherwise, yeah. you're out. You're out of the it's joke. Stanley Parable trailer. Uh-huh. So Giles is giving standard watcher advice to Buffy. So I, I'm sure Riley understands the importance of training, etc. Whatnot. Don't allow personal concerns to interfere with training. Don't put the fucking radio down and. <laughs> She just pulls. She just rips the whole radio out of the fucking dashboard and like tunes it to be a ham radio and just fucking cracking Russian codes back there. And Dawn, this is not the time for this. (laughs) But Mister Giles, (laughs) because Dawn, of course, uh, she can just fiddle. With whatever knob she feels like will get the most people annoyed with her in the shortest amount of time. And then she can write in her diary about it. Yeah. Oh, to be a teenager again. She can specifically fuck with the driver's radio, which is a thing you do not do. Yeah, you don't do that. And then be like, I don't think Giles likes me. Well, maybe because you're fucking with his radio, (laughs) which is a thing you do not do. Yeah, people don't like that, Don. (sighs) 
She's very attention seeking. Yeah. But she's also as 14. As, I was going to say kind of ignored and shoved to the back constantly. Oh, well, yeah. I think she, she has very valid feelings throughout this entire episode, but we'll get to that. So, But also she's 14 and uh, we're all selfish pricks at 14. Probably. I don't recall. Uh, I had a quote of the day here from Don. I don't think Buffy's watcher likes me. I think it's because he's just so old. I'm not sure how old he is, but I heard him use the word newfangled one time, so he's got to be pretty far gone. I, I I used the word newfangled like a day before I watched this Oh, that's episode. why it's hilarious, because I love the word newfangled. I do too, <laughs> and like I used it, and this happened, and I'm like, oh god. Mostly I use it ironically. Oh god, I'm old. But it doesn't take long before things I do ironically become legitimate. Never start doing something ironically. Yeah, it turns out. <laughs> what are you going to do? So Giles gets mad at his car for being an automatic because <laughs> he loads just sitting there not contributing. <laughs> I fucking love that Which line. I think is a light nod to mirror how Dawn is feeling about her life in general at this point. Oh, I didn't pick up on that, but yeah, I can kind of... like. I think that was partially the double meaning they were going for here. I was mostly just being like, yeah, yeah, Giles, that's exactly <laughs> how I feel driving an automatic. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can drive stick shift and I don't mind it, but I, it was also really nice to go back to an automatic. Well, also when you had the last stick shift you owned didn't have cruise control. Yeah, it did. It did? It just didn't have a parking brake. Oh. See, mine doesn't have a parking brake, but that doesn't bother me any. I just for that reason alone, I love having an automatic. And also I was a delivery driver and delivery driving with a stick shift is just stupid. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's my advice. Another quote of the day here. Buffy says, Giles, are you breaking up with your car? <laughs> well, it did seduce me. All red and sporty. <laughs> it is quite the sporty car. It's a very sexy car. Anyway, Giles takes a dip into Wesleyville for just a moment. Just a little bit. Damn it, Buffy. You see, you must respect me. I'm your watcher again. After all, see now, there will be no time for this shallow frivolity. Don's like, oh, look, Willow and Tara. Ooh, they haven't seen my new car yet. <laughs> that classic Buffy trope of now we're very serious about this thing you mustn't do. Cut to doing that thing you mustn't do. Yes. Yeah. So they pull up on the side of the street, meet up with Willow and Tara. Apparently Willow is, you know, Don's favorite. Don fucking <laughs> loves both of them because who doesn't? Yeah. They're witches, and they're super nice. And lesbians. And lesbians. Wait, what? <laughs> Since when? No. uh Yeah. Huh. Well, the more you know. She's talking about them being witches and everything, and she had said to her mom that she wanted them to teach, teach her the things they do together. Her mom got all quiet and sent her to her room. Yeah, it turns out Joyce is a raging homophobe. Well, she's a parent of the 90s. Yeah. That's like a thing that's still a thing oh i'm aware so she doesn't want dawn to learn the ways of cunnilingus lame you yeah. know if it's meant to be it's meant to be she'll figure it out well this guy wants to fight with weapons i've got it covered from a to z from axe to z other axe i'm fairly certain i said no interruptions so we cut slightly ahead to the gr the whole gang walking down the street, heading towards the magic shop, uh, where Willow is praising Buffy on her work ethic. Work, 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 work. If you're not working, you're dying. <laughs> yeah, Buffy informs Willow she's got a block of time every day to work on Slayer training, 
And I had a quote of the day here. Willow says, that's a work ethic. Buffy, you're developing a work ethic. Buffy replies, oh, no. Do they make an ointment for that? <laughs> oh, I loved it. So this unfortunately means that Buffy cannot take drama with Willow. Don't worry. I always say there's more drama going on behind the scenes <laughs> than there is on stage. I don't think we need to worry about that. So anyway, yeah, fucking drama. It's a waste of fucking time. I mean, coming from the guy that took literally all of the drama classes in college. <laughs> all of them. All of them. <laughs> until they were like, here's your piece of paper. Get out. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. We never want to see your face here again. Don't you dare come here for grad school. God, can you take that from the last line before <laughs> grad school? They were like, no, we're super serial. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> see what I did there? That was pretty good. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, where were we? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I had another quote of the day. Willow says, what? You have to. You promised. Buffy says, well, I know. But Giles said that it just was. Willow's like, the hell with Giles. I can hear you, Willow. Yeah, he's standing right behind. <laughs> he's literally right there. <laughs> <laughs> What's all that about work ethic? <laughs> well, it doesn't apply to best friends. And you know what? She's not wrong. Yeah, there's, there's a best friend loophole. Yeah. Peer pressure's not cool unless it's cool sometimes. Sometimes it's cool. I don't know. Sometimes it, peer pressure involves convincing your best friend to do a, a podcast that's going to take way longer than you somehow failed to realize. Hey, do you want to commit <laughs> to this many year time investment? Sure. <laughs> But you know what the sign of good friendship is? Is we're actually doing it. Yeah. Because the last friend that asked me if I wanted to go for a walk every day during the pandemic fucking flaked out after about a week and then told me I was being abusive for expecting him to actually <laughs> keep some semblance of that promise. How dare you? God, I'm awful. Expect people to tell the truth and keep their word. I know. That's just stupid. Sick and demented. So stupid. <laughs> anyway, so you learn who your friends are. Yes. Um, and uh, so they notice the magic shop is dark, and Giles, yeah. Giles thinks that looks odd. And mm -hmm. as we all know, the obvious solution to odd-looking private businesses is to fucking break and enter into them if they look closed. Yeah. Good fucking plan. That's important. <laughs> So, uh, just, just some mild breaking and entering. Uh, uh, we'll call it a wellness check. It's all government yes. work, right? It's a wellness check on Mr. Bogarty. <laughs> and Willow finds a body. Thank you, Gravity. <laughs> walk in. It's dark. There's signs of a struggle. Giles smells something. Smells like opportunity. <laughs> and then Willow trips over a dead body. La, la, la. Maybe there aren't any dead bodies right in front of me to trip over like this one. Oh, but there was. You can't just wish away reality. Gosh. Nope. Mr. Bogarty is dead. D-E-D dead. Damn right. And how she didn't see him there, I will never know. Moving along. 
Buffy sends Dawn outside immediately because it's so much safer to leave her unsupervised and unattended and to shelter her from things she inevitably is going to be exposed to in their line of business. Sarcasm, anyone? I have lots of leftovers. I have lots to to (laughs) say about this when it comes back up later. Alrighty. And so she gets Dawn outside. Dawn is such a fucking lawyer. Fucking lawyer teenagers are the worst. Right? Because she clearly Buffy had to specify here. And she knew that if she didn't specify that you need to wait here, she'd have fucked off immediately. Yeah. And she'd have been like, you didn't tell me I had to wait there. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) Just, I fucking hate that maneuver so much. Yeah. (laughs) So... T minus three, two, one. Immediately, some creepy ass fucking hobo starts to fuck yep. with Don. Don's immediately accosted by a crazy dude in the street. Um, and at first, it seems like he's just you know some dude walking down the street and it's like, "Hey, you can't loiter here." But then he gets a bit weird and he starts talking about being a cat. Only cats can loiter in the cupboard. That's why I'm a cat. But they find you anyway. And then he looks at her and says, "What we're all thinking." You don't belong here. You're not supposed to be here. Like the old people told me when I was living with my mom (laughs) in a senior trailer park. Don't do that, anybody. I I don't recommend it. Literally couldn't cross the street in that fucking place. (laughs) A bunch of crazy people could see you and know that you weren't supposed to be there. Just like Don. You have something in common with this character. They weren't crazy. They were just old. Yeah. But I mean, okay, he wasn't wrong. I wasn't supposed to be there. But how did it... He didn't know that I wasn't just visiting a grandparent. Right. And if he did, mind your damn business, <laughs> fucker. So anyway, Don tries to call call out for Buffy. And then the truly cringiest moment of the scene, this fucking guy actually touches her lips with his finger. Right. To shush her as he backs her up against this van. And I'm like, pandemic! (laughs) That made me cringe so fucking much. Like, it's bad enough that I'm watching shows where people are standing too fucking close together unmasked. (laughs) Right. And it makes me all like, "Uh." but like touching each other's faces, some random dude touching her face on the street. Oh my God. Hey, bro, that's how you break out. That's also how you get on the sex offenders list. Right. So you did touch her. Uh, well, uh, you're in jail for like a day, and then they let you go. But well, they he's write crazy. You, he doesn't they, know. Yeah, <laughs> he's just crazy. So yeah, she gets told that she doesn't belong here. Shortly thereafter, Tara joins her outside, which Tara's kind of perfect in this role that she has taken up with Don. Definitely. I mean, she's. She should have gone out there with Dawn in the first place. Right, immediately. But Buffy didn't really give her a chance the way she dragged her outside so fast. And then there's this long pause, and then Tara's like, you want a thumb wrestle? And cuts the tension like a knife, zip, zam, zoom. Yeah. Thank you very much. I thought it was interesting that Tara called them non-Scoobies. So it was like, you're, that's bullshit. You're a Scooby, Tara. You're a different Scooby. Sure, you're not... Ground floor Scooby. You're a different <laughs> tier of Scooby, but you are a Scooby. Yeah. You're second wave Scooby. <laughs> yeah. Third, really. Oz was more yeah. second wave. 
Yeah, Oz is definitely more. <laughs> Whoever's stubborn. dating Willow, <laughs> or Buffy. Where does uh, where does Anya fall into that? Is she second or third? I would say second. Second, yeah, because she's been around in yeah. about a season before. Tara Tara's more third wave. I think so- Anya and Oz were kind of around the same time. And then Tara Tara and Dawn are both second or both third wave Scoobies. Yeah, I, I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Darla, Darla, <laughs> Darla. <laughs> uh, so, back inside the magic shop, apparently there's a new vampire club, and they stole things and books, and they're the ones that killed Mister Boogerty and our Boogerty, <laughs> uh, including thing among things they stole was a book called A Treatise on the Mythology and Methodology of the Vampire Slayer, and Buffy immediately looks at her list, and that's one of the books she needed. She's like, "Oh my God, is that the only one they had?" Jow's like, do you mind? I dare say these people could be trying to find your weaknesses or something. Yes. And, uh, well, I think we found Giles's weakness here. Yes. Miani. Mm, A very, very high profit margin. I mean, he is an old white man after all. He is, in fact, we were just, an old white man. We were just wondering where the fuck he finds money. And I guess they felt the need to answer that question this season. Yes. Very quickly. So Giles suddenly can't seem to concentrate on anything except for how profitable and wonderful it would be to own this magic shop. Yep. And I love that they're all just hanging out, scoping the place out, well, Giles is anyway, and not reporting any of this to the police. (laughs) Well. How exactly do you intend to buy the place from a dead man, Giles? That sounds either really complicated or extraordinarily easy, depending on how you do the paperwork. Well, apparently, it's quite easy, because <laughs> he immediately purchases the fucking thing. Like, a day or two later, he owns it. But they have to have reported the death of the shop owner, right? I guess. I think. You know, I, <laughs> I've i been watching... You, you When you said extraordinarily easy... I've been watching a lot of uh, Pitch Meeting. Have you ever watched the YouTube channel Pitch Meeting? No. It's basically where this one guy plays the role of the studio and the writers. The writer is pitching a movie. Okay. And they do it in the most like ridiculous way possible. And one of the constant tropes that they have is every now and then the studio guy will be like, how are they going to solve that problem? And the writer guy goes, it's extremely easy, barely an inconvenience. And I think about that a lot just because of so many times when, like, buying the buying the magic shop. Man, that seems like it would be really complicated. No, it's super easy. Barely an inconvenience. All you do is you don't explain it and you just kind of wash over it. Yeah. And uh, don't you worry your pretty little head about it. <laughs> Giles is going on about the the shop, and he says, It's no wonder there's never any trouble attracting new owners. A place like this is a virtual... Death Death trap? trap? Yeah. Well, sure, but... (laughs) Look at the square footage on this. So, Willow reminds Buffy that she's on dawn duty. Buffy makes a poop joke. Then Giles notices something's missing from a knick-knack shelf. Don't ask me how he noticed something missing. There was some broken glass. Okay, fine. Uh, but Willow tracks it down in the, in the ledger right quick. 
She's really good with that ledger. Yes. Uh, it was a cheap-ass unicorn trinket for twelve ninety-five, Which comes to my second quote of this scene. Which begs the question, what kind of an unholy creature fancies cheap, tasteless statuary? <laughs> Cut to... An unholy creature who fancies cheap, tasteless, tasteless statu- sa- statuary. Yeah. <laughs> Harmony! I'm not in your room. I'm in the hallway. The hallway doesn't belong to you. Mom. I can stand in the hallway, right? My friend Sharon's older brother knows a girl who died because she choked on her boyfriend's tongue. Yep. Harmony is as vapid and hilariously flighty as ever. Yeah. She's put together a coven. She has some minions. And I love that she constantly, like, calls them her minions, like, to their face. And they're so dumb that they don't even mind. <laughs> they're like, she's attractive. Yeah, I guess we are her minions. May- oh. Maybe we'll follow her around. We might actually get to sleep with her. Yeah, we might get laid. And they even make a nod to that without literally making that yeah. the case. She had them raid the shop, obviously, which is why we're cutting to her. And she's ha- she's very happy with Brad's gift of the shitty unicorn statue, which <laughs> they immediately add to this gigantic pile of unicorns. Yeah. Which was priceless to me. I laughed my ass off. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just put them with the rest over here. There's like (laughs) at least 50 other unicorns. (laughs) And they're all stolen. She's easy to to please. Easy to buy for. There's always that one person that you know. It's usually your grandmother because people started buying them chicken knickknacks. And they just won't stop. Yeah. Well, we don't know what else to get her. (laughs) I remember watching this show. There was a scene where, like, a old lady had a bunch of fucking, like, cow knickknacks or something. Mm. And at one point in time, someone was like, oh, you must really like cows. And she's like, no, I hate them. <laughs> People keep buying them for me. <laughs> Eventually, I just, I just kept them. <laughs> and people kept buying them for me. <laughs> um... There's a really funny sketch on a, a British comedy show. I can't think of the name of it. It's either that Michelin Web look or Little Britain. And there's this sketch. It's it's a dude dressed in drag. It's one of the main guys. And he's dressed as this old lady who's excited and just ecstatic about getting all of these frog <laughs> all these frog themed knickknacks and doilies and pot holders and frog 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 everything. Another frog! Oh, I love it. It's wonderful. And then they're like, "Okay, now we've got the real surprise. Are you ready for this?" And they bring out a box and have her open it. And there's a real frog in there, and it leaps out at her, and she's like, "Oh God!" And she jumps on the floor, and they cut to a wide shot of her just going. <laughs> Die, you filthy, squishy, slimy beasts! <laughs> and they're like, we thought you loved frogs. <laughs> you have fucking cartoon ones. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's gonna be my mom at that age. <laughs> anyway, hilarious show. You should yeah. watch it sometime. Um, anyway, wow, how'd we get on that? Unicorns, right? Yes, unicorns. So Harmony is also pleased with the books they stole because she skimmed the jackets of them. <laughs> and therefore, they must be filled with useful information. <laughs> she ain't gonna read them. 
Maybe she'll find somebody to read them for her. (laughs) So they all demand to know when the plan will go down to kill the Slayer, but not before dragging a contrived sex joke out of it. Right. What's his name? Peaches. Peaches says, when are we going to do it? Harmony's like, oh, no, he means the plan. Oh, okay. (laughs) And she tries to drag it out and they're like no tell us and she's like fine it's tonight so they're killing whatever they're killing the slayer tonight okie dokie all right yep they're all inexplicably pleased with this notion it was a really cheesy moment they're like far out bro oh, like a bunch of fucking high school kids that are bored enough to go poke at a dead possum with a stick in the woods <laughs> they're clearly all about to die tonight oh yeah none of them have any skills except maybe mort he's at least big and brawny yeah he's got that going for him Cut to Joyce's house. Where Joyce is just being a bad parent. Joyce didn't take long to go right back to pissing me off. Right? So Joyce is lecturing Buffy like she planned to find a dead body. Yeah. You took her to a murder scene? No. Did you fucking listen to her story at all, Joyce? You're clearly being willfully ignorant and twisting the story around because you don't want to take responsibility for your own fucking daughter. Yeah. Because you have to work tonight. And it's not like you even have a challenging job. Like, okay, I'm sure it's challenging in some way, but you're not, like, exhausted by it. It pays well. You have benefits. You can afford to take care of your family and have some time off. You're not burnt out. You're not working double shifts as a waitress. Right. Um, Hire a fucking babysitter, for Christ's sake. Here's a key thing. In the background, Dawn is like, I'm 14. I don't need a babysitter. And yeah, that's fucking accurate. For fuck's sake. Yeah, okay, the world's a big dangerous place. But like, if the number one thing that you're worried about as far as Dawn is there are vampires and vampires will eat her... Well, if she's in her own house, then she doesn't have to fucking worry about vampires as long as she doesn't invite them in. Which... And they don't set the house on fire, I guess. Which she's not particularly good at doing, it turns out. But the point point is, though, as far as Joyce is concerned, it's like, first off, you forced Buffy to take Dawn with her. Therefore, it's your fault that Dawn saw a dead body. Yeah, and you knew that she was on Slayer duty... And you forced her to take double duty. Yeah. You guilted her into it. And so, yeah, I can't remember when I stopped having babysitters, but it's such a blurry line for me between what was just customary of the 80s and 90s and what was flat out neglect. Right. I really don't know. (laughs) I think my parents stopped worrying about it around like age 10, 12 in that area. Yeah. Ditto for me, but it eased it because I had an older brother same. And uh, honestly, I would have rather been left home with a halfway decent babysitter than with my brother. <laughs> um, yeah. Part of the reason I got into theater was to keep <laughs> me out of the house as much as possible. I was like, this is great. So, yeah, basically the argument continues where Buffy's like, I have to fucking go kill vampires. Like, you know, fate has chosen me to do. Yeah. And Joyce is like, no, you have to watch your sister. Like, for fuck's sake, how many times do they have to have the same fucking argument? Yeah, Buffy should not have to be dealing with this shit. 
But she's like, okay, so if I can get a decent babysitter in the next half hour, then we're good, right? Yeah, fine. Who? Xander. And this part is just adorable. It's hilarious. There's a a long pause where they don't say anything, and you just hear footsteps (laughs) coming across the house, and Don, like, pops into the door. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's overwhelmingly okay with this. Don, Buffy, Joyce, everybody. Not me. Xander. (laughs) I am not. I am not okay with this. Why? Of all the Scoobies, the one Scooby that I would trust with a kid the least is Xander. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Why? What's what's your reasoning? Does he seem too irresponsible? He seems like a puppy dog who's going to be like, oh, look, a squirrel and run off in a random direction sometimes. I think he's grown up enough at this point, And I think the way they play him as okay, the babysitter yeah. type this episode, I thought was spot on. You know, he's, he's got, I, I he, guess my, my issue comes with like, I, to me with the way they've characterized Joyce, it doesn't make sense that she would be like, okay, Xander's fine. Like she seems like the type of parent that would be like, man, that Xander kid, he just can't even hold a job. I mean, I think the main issue with nobody's ever held that against Xander and he holds jobs all the time. He just switches jobs, but the main issue with Xander has been his behavior towards women that he's attracted to. Well, yeah, fair. And he's grown out of that with Buffy. He thinks of her more as a sister now. He brings Anya with him. Willow's out of the picture. Cordelia's out of the picture. He has no one left except maybe Joyce to project his unhealthy uh, sexual aggressions toward anymore. Yeah. And they do a really good job in this scene of making good and goddamn sure that there's nothing mildly creepy about his affection for Dawn. Yes. They, I'm so fucking grateful that they do that. And it's only cute that she has a crush on Xander. Yep. But it's easily dismissible as, oh, she's just a tween. Yeah. Whatever. And so, anyway, cut to the next scene where Xander's showing up, and lo and behold, Don is okay with Xander being the babysitter because she has a crush on Xander. Yeah. Better targets for that, Don. You'll learn. She's young. You'll She'll learn. learn. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then she, we discover that she is also not so very fond of Anya, because, you know, Xander's girlfriend. She's kind of blunt. What can I say? Yeah. And also Xander's girlfriend. Yeah. But she also runs in and says, hello there, little girl. (laughs) (laughs) Which, from my perspective, hilarious. From Dawn's perspective, I can get why she wouldn't care for that. (laughs) Especially with the already established doesn't like being called kid. Yeah. And the way she said it. I love Xander because he doesn't look down on people. He treats them all as equals. Enter Anya. Hello, little girl. Even (laughs) when when he he should. should. (laughs) Be good. We will. We're just gonna play with matches, run with scissors, take candy from some guy. I don't know his name. I'm finished being everybody's butt monkey. Cut over to Willow and Tara's place. Uh, Tara thinks it's really rough on Dawn being an outsider and whatnot, and Willow's like, no, Tara, no, you're, you're not, not an, outsider. an outsider. You're one of the Scoobies. Nah, no, she doesn't no, feel well, like it. I mean, 
eh, she's not wrong, but she's not right. What are you going to do? But she did enter the group later, and therefore yeah. the dynamic is different with her. She's more of an appendage of the group rather than a vital organ is how I think yeah. of it. Which, appendages are useful. Did you catch the uh, little hint of foreshadowing in this scene? No. So they're at the very tail end of the scene after they've been talking about all this. Uh, before Willow, like, oh, we should have some sort of initiation. She mentions to Tara that Tara's one of the good guys. And the look on Tara's face is like, oh, God, no, I'm not. Because that's foreshadowing. There, there's a whole thing with Tara's family. It's foreshadowing a later episode. Okay. I don't remember anything about that at all. So good to know. Yeah, so Tara worries about Dawn. Willow says, don't worry, she's got a big sister, blah, blah, blah. Buffy, cut to Buffy and Riley patrolling in the cemetery. Buffy complains about Joyce, as she should. Yes, and she's complaining about Dawn. Yeah, she's like, I see dead stuff all the time, and you don't see mom shielding me. And Riley says, so what do you want your mother to do? Give you space to be a slayer and shield you from it at the same time? And Buffy's like... Oh, thank you, Logic Boy. And I'm like, oh, okay, everybody just stop there. There's nothing logical about the way Riley responded to this. She's saying that Joyce is being inconsistent, not that she desires the same treatment right. that Dawn gets. Yeah. There's plenty of sense in that. Yeah. But then he calls her out on being tense too hard on Dawn because she looks up to Buffy, uh, but doesn't get the sacrifices. And uh, that well, I and, kind of agree with. And... Buffy even says, yeah, Don doesn't get it. Don doesn't understand the sacrifices that Buffy has had to make to be who she is. And like, that's a very good valid point. And maybe, Buffy, you should sit down and have that conversation with your sister mm -hmm. about the kind of sacrifices that you have gone through to get to this point in your life. But also, maybe everyone needs to stop coddling Don. Well, also, from a completely meta standpoint, we can't be too hard on any of this situation because none of it's actually real. They've all had memories implanted in their heads about some demon's idea of what it's like to have a little sister. It's not a truly organic relationship that they're dealing with here. And also, nobody's perfect. Yeah. And dear God, could we have done any better in these situations <laughs> at those ages? God, no. I think probably not. But it's easy to... I don't to, think I could do better at this age. Right? It's easy to sit back now in our <laughs> mid to late 30s and criticize. Let's just say that uh, I'm not a parent and I'm not going to be a parent. And Let's... that... That's just how it's always going to be. Right? Boy, howdy. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and criticize and pretend that I can do better while I drink shitty wine. Do you mind? <laughs> Become a Patreon of Beer with Buffy. <laughs> Patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Help us judge <laughs> the world one episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer at a time. <laughs> and uh, so we do that sentence finish scene change thing. Yeah, where cut to Buffy's where Dawn is basically complaining about exactly the same note for note things that Buffy is complaining about. The end of Buffy's line goes, I'd like to be the one who's protected, who's waited on, cut to Dawn, hand on hand and foot, getting her own way, always the favorite. And of course, Dawn is still just goozing over Xander like she... <laughs> I think this is such an iconic shot where oh, right? where she's like, 
you know, he says he thinks of me as a kid sister, but sometimes when he looks at me, I know he sees me for what I really am as a woman. And she's got the chocolate ice cream dribbling down her <laughs> lip. And I feel like they used that in a lot of the uh, trailers for season five and Buffy in general. Like, that's one of the iconic shots of Dawn. Is it? I feel like. It's the one that I think of all the time. Maybe it's just because... (laughs) Listen to this shit. Because this reminds me very much of a time when I was 15. And I was in a play. I was in a production of Oliver between my freshman and sophomore years of high school. Okay. And there was this 25-year-old woman, girl, chick, female, whatever you want to call her. And she was in the play with me. And she was chatting me up. And I was so naive. I didn't think she could possibly really be trying to, like, sleep with me or anything. I didn't know how to handle it. And I'd never been in any kind of a relationship or anything. And I was just like, well, I just I wasn't interested in her romantically. And I didn't want to be mean to her. So I was just kind of riding that line of friends. But I knew that she was into me, which turns out is a dangerous line. So she she invites me out to eat one time and i was like okay (laughs) free food (laughs) and she's like where do you want to go and i was like denny's (laughs) some fucking 15 (laughs) i'm a little concerned about this story josh so okay (laughs) tell me why in a minute and uh, so i chose denny's while we were and she gave me this look like oh denny's all right in retrospect, it made me feel like I chose Chuck E. Cheese's. <laughs> I may as well have chosen Chuck E. Cheese's as far as she was concerned. So while we're eating, I accidentally got this huge splotch of ketchup on my cheek. And I didn't realize it until I saw this look on her face. Like, she was so embarrassed for me. And I was like, oh, why didn't she just fucking tell me I had ketchup on my face? And I grab a napkin, and I wipe it off, and it was so much ketchup. <laughs> It's like a full fucking tablespoon of ketchup on my face. <laughs> I don't know how I did it, but I, so I wiped it off and I'm like, okay, there, Whew. crisis averted. <laughs> and I think that was the point where she realized she was being a creepy ass pedophile. Yeah. There's where my concern was. Just saying. So, like, and after the play, she fucked off and moved to New York, got a boyfriend Called me one time with a creepy ass phone call where she was like, oh, God, it's so good to hear your voice. Uh, and I was like, OK. Yeah, because that immediately when you started telling the story, I'm like, I have some questions. Oh, yeah. No, and the she- number one question is, what the fuck? She wanted some of this. <laughs> you know, who doesn't? Except that she was 25 and I was 15. That is. Oh, that is Fucked up. And then she sent me a letter. It was still just more of the same creepy shit. And I responded to it because I kept just trying to be nice and didn't want to hurt her feelings. But she never responded to that. And I never heard from her again. So good on her for at least kind of sort of figuring it out. Let's hope. Yeah. Let's fucking hope. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. That's very creepy. Yeah. So anyway, Buffy. That's all I think of when I see the. (laughs) chocolate ice cream on <laughs> dribbling down Dawn's face. I'm like, yeah, child moving on. Uh, so I mean, I still get ketchup on my face and I'm 36. So whatever. 
You don't ever want to see me. You do use way too many condiments, though. You don't want to see me eat spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back to Buffy, where they're playing the game of life, and Anya's complaining about having a husband and a bunch of pink children. So, more money than I can reasonably handle. (laughs) (laughs) This is horrible. This... And Sandra's like, that means you're winning. Oh, excellent. Can and I then- trade in these children for more money? <laughs> that was my that was my my quote of the day from this scene is can I trade in these children for more money? <laughs> I'm gonna try that next time I play that game. You do realize like this this scene is the the moment when Anya becomes a capitalist, right? <laughs> Uh, I just, like she's never really mentioned money before this scene, <laughs> and like if you recall, she ends up working for Giles at the magic shop. I, like she's I don't all about capitalism. I was just gonna say, point. does this carry on in oh, her yes. character? Good oh, to know. Yes. That's fun. From this moment on, Anya's now a capitalist, <laughs> <laughs> and all that fun is spoiled by a brick through the window. Yeah. Oh shit! Fucking bricks! It's Harmony's gang of minions. <laughs> Oh, they might as well be short and yellow, right? They're about as effective. Actually, those minions might be more effective. Honestly, no, they probably are. (laughs) But no, they they're like, oh, I'm calling you out, Buffy. (laughs) You need to come outside so we can kill you. And we get this hilarious argument with Harmony and Xander at the door. Xander right. just brazenly opens the door. He's like, what? Yeah, you can't come in. What do you Fuck want? You, Harmony. <laughs> what do you want? Harmony's completely impotent and blocked by the natural house protection. Or, you know, the because uh, they restored the house protection after Angel. But that never applied to her. So whatever. And all this hoodoo voodoo blah blah blah. Blarg. But yeah. Harmony throws at Xander the fact that he was Dracula's butt monkey. Lapdog was her term, but yeah, yeah, but you know, butt monkey. Is that why they put the? It's gotta be the thing about Xander in the beginning of it's the. It's gotta be previously on because there was nothing else. Yeah, where he's like, I'm sick of being everybody's butt monkey. <laughs> well, get used to it and saddle up, partner, because it ain't changing much. It never goes away, none buddy. too much. <laughs> but no. Dawn inadvertently invites Harmony in. Yeah, because she's like, well, his mind control only works on weak-minded idiots, and Dawn gets all defensive. Yeah, why don't you come inside and say that? Aye, for fuck's sake, Dawn. (laughs) For fuck's sake? Aye, for fuck's sake. (laughs) You had one job. Don't invite the blood-sucking fiends into your home. Yeah, that's that's all. That's all you have to do is don't invite them. And it, sarcastically or not, doesn't matter. Luckily, at least the lackeys can't come in. Right. It's only Harmony. And Harmony can't fight. And even Harmony as a vampire can't take Xander and Anya. I just really want to know how she's still alive. Like, <laughs> right. how the fuck has she bitten anybody? Seriously. <laughs> well, I'm Xander's. He may not have any special powers as part of the group, but he is still hardened. Well, yeah. In comparison to any other human being, most people don't know that vampires fucking exist. 
Anyway, Dawn runs upstairs while they're fighting. Yep. The other vampires try to run inside, but they're blocked. Anya runs around looking for weapons, but only comes up with a lamp. I did kind of like her. It wasn't enough for a quarter of the day, but I kind of liked her lying about being the Slayer's house and not being able to find a weapon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No weapons anywhere. Well, it's because she keeps them in a chest in her bedroom. Yeah. And you're downstairs. Whatever. Harmony jumps up to block the lamp, and Xander takes the opportunity to kick her out the door, where she... <laughs> Literally kick her out the door. Yeah, where she bowls over the rest of the minions, and they lock the door behind her. Bam. Closing line of the scene is Xander saying, Buffy's not going to be happy about this. Cut to Buffy being happy about yes. this. Yes. Finding the hilarity of Harmony hilarious. Yeah. Didn't see this coming. Yeah. And she's like, wait, <laughs> Harmony has minions. Ah, ah, oh, bring the chocolate sauce. Oh. Yeah. Xander keeps trying to tell her there's something more serious and she can't shut the fuck up and stop joking about it. And so this is one occasion where Anya's very blunt blabbering was actually kind of useful. Yes. Uh, Anya kills the funny with some truth. And that truth is that Harmony was invited in. And then Buffy's like, what? You couldn't have invited her in. You don't live here. Oh, John. I'm going to kill her if Harmony doesn't first. Buffy storms off to go yell at Don. Xander has Don's back. And I think he's right. And Buffy flips out on her way too quickly. Oh, yeah. Like mother, like daughter, apparently. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, shit. Can we get some fucking context here first? No? Right. All right. Whatever. Right. Cut to Harmony's gang outside on the streets, kind of pouting. Her minions are complaining about being hungry and that they need to eat. She's complaining that the plan is ruined. She's not wrong. One of the vampires is apparently hypoglycemic. He's like, if I don't eat someone soon, I'm going to get dizzy. His vamp friend is like, well, we can go back and see if the census worker is drained yet. Which is funny because I was a census worker in 2010. And they sent me directly to the most dangerous neighborhood in town. (laughs) If you could just go over here and knock around on some doors and ask how many people live at each house, that'd be great. And don't get shot. Yeah. We're not going to pay you for that. (laughs) And I did it. I I can't fucking believe I did that stupid job. Um, And of course, where there's harmony, there's... Spike! Hitty spike, hitty spike, hitty spike, hitty spike, spike! Yes. That is correct. He knocks out one of her vamps. Tap, tap, look. And I was disappointed that he didn't kill them all. Right? Or at least kill any of them, really. Yeah, I was looking forward to Spike fucking up every one of them and just toying with them. (laughs) It's not really a happy reunion, but it's an entertaining one. Spike... Just spends a couple of minutes just sneering backhandedly and mocking Harmony and all of her minions while she tries to have a backbone and promote self-love and growth and finding herself. Like, as much as I love Spike and as hilarious as Harmony is because she's so stupid, it also felt kind of shitty for them to write a story about a woman who's trying really hard because she knows how stupid she is. But just can't because she's so stupid. And then white guy abusive boyfriend comes (laughs) along who we all cheer for 
and makes her feel bad about it. it the whole thing, when you think about it, yeah. is really misogynistic. Okay. <laughs> but also, they're blood-sucking fiends from hell. Just so? <laughs> they're the bad guys. Yeah, they're the bad guys. They're supposed to be bad on both accounts, and it's fun to watch them be bad at each other, I yeah. suppose. Watch them be bad at being bad. But he's good at being bad, even when he's got the chip in his head. Yeah. He's so good at being bad, he's still good at being bad, even when he can't actually murder people. Yeah, it's called psychological abuse. (laughs) (laughs) So Spike has her number completely, regardless. Oh, yeah. And he's accusing her of being unoriginal and incapable. He guesses what her plan to kill Buffy is... Or I thought he had guessed what her plan to kill Buffy is. (laughs) Kidnap a friend, lure her into a trap, uh, which is what he did exactly two seasons ago. I wrote a little paraphrase of how this whole scene goes down. Spike's like, what are those clowns? They're my gang. Uh, Oh, who's a cute little gang runner? Shut up. I've like totally found myself now and I'm going to kill the Slayer. Oh, honey, sweetie pie. (laughs) Chicklet, why don't you just leave that to the professionals? Oh, I, like, totally have a plan. What, kidnap a friend? Lure her into a trap? No, it's, like, totally better. Why would I tell you? Christ, that's adorable. Great, well, have fun being an arch villain or whatever. I'm gonna kill you later, too. Peace out, bitch. <laughs> okay, new plan. She was dumb enough to not be able to think up of that plan. Yeah, I thought he had guessed her plan. Turns out that her plan was just so much shittier than his idea of a shitty plan that she was like that's a great plan and turned around to do that plan <laughs> and she can't even pull that one off properly. <laughs> she got pretty far with it farther than i would have expected really you know i guess you're not wrong in that so back to buffy's where buffy is ranting about how irresponsible it was for dawn to invite harmony in Another situation where, again, just a little bit of context right. would have solved a huge misunderstanding. Oh, my God. Can can we just avoid circumstances where Xander is the fucking voice, voice of, of reason? reason. Yeah. <laughs> Please? Can we, though? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what the f- <laughs> fuck is wrong with you, Buffy? Oh, <laughs> uh, because... Buffy says, it's not like Dawn hasn't grown up in this house knowing all the rules. And I was like, ha, she hasn't. You're right. (laughs) She only just started existing like a week ago. But also, as Xander points out, it's like, uh, Buffy, your mom literally did that last Tuesday. Seriously. (laughs) And it wasn't just any vampire. No, it was the vampire. It was fucking Dracula. (laughs) Like, this one's just Harmony. You can go slay Harmony tonight. No problem. Now, I do want to say that Buffy does have one good point here. And her point is basically, Dawn has been coddled too much. And she has. She has. But also, Buffy, you're kind of also coddling her. Yeah. You're contributing to the fucking problem here. She's reverse coddling her. Yeah. She's getting way too angry at her where she actually needs some sympathy. Yeah. And uh, growing pains for fuck's sake. This is a perfect opportunity to be like, hey, Don, this was a big fuck up. 
do you understand how big of a fuck up it is? And Don can be like, yeah, I get it. And like, learn from that. And then just fucking leave her alone. Sometimes less is more. But Don overhears Buffy call her a little idiot who's going to get us all killed. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you didn't know that she was in the fucking house, Buffy. That's really far gone in terms of insensitive. And of course, Don hears this. She could have heard this if she was on the opposite corner of the house. Yeah. And Don, being a 14-year-old girl, fucking runs out of the house. Emotional. Hormones everywhere. Oh, yeah. Duh. She bolts. And Anya tries to stop her. But uh, she gets snatched up by Morty. Yeah, Anya's trying to bring her back inside. Morty knocks Anya the fuck out so hard that it knocks her back into the house where he can't get to her anymore. And they snatch Dawn and they're on their way. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking they were going to do before Dawn ran outside. But hey, they got lucky. They got lucky and Harmony's bad with plans. Maybe they were just waiting for an opportunity and they got lucky. So the Scoobies all find a massive head wound Anya, who manages to mumble out that Dawn was taken. Buffy runs off to handle it while they tend to Anya. Cut to Harmony's lair. Dawn's in trouble. Must be Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're all bickering stupidly about whether they can eat the girl or not. But the rest of the vampire's point here is super fucking valid because Harmony's like, we can't eat her. But the other vampire's like, but it actually doesn't matter if she's alive, so we should eat her. Yeah, because it's such a dumb plan. Yeah. It doesn't matter what they do. Just fucking eat the girl. I enjoyed... (laughs) Blood tastes good. (laughs) I don't know. So Harmony fails at making a tropey villain comment because she's talking to Morty, or just Mort. It's not Morty, but whatever. (laughs) It's fucking Morty. I can't... Uh, Harmony, I I tied up our guest. I, I tied up the girl. And she's like, I trust you made our guest comfortable. <laughs> and Mort is just too fucking dense to get it. But you you told me to tie her up. Yes, I know. I fucking told you to tie. Anyway, I thought that was funny. <laughs> it was. Just Harmony is so bad at being a villain. It's great. Cut over to Spike Slayer real quick. <laughs> where he's banging on his new telly that he was bragging about. I got a new telly back in my place. Things are looking up. <laughs> it doesn't take much to please him. Oh. Money for smokes and a new telly. <laughs> he's like, well, I might have to pick up one of those uh, fancy new dishes while I'm out. Buffy walks in and he's like, speaking of dishes, what do I owe to this unpleasant? Ow! As he punches her. <laughs> and yeah, so she questions him about where harmony could be and he just he gives her the information and then she fucking knocks him upside the head again punches him in the nose sorry and spike is like i was telling you the truth i know (laughs) (laughs) so cut back to harmony's lair where harmony is complaining all about those undead world problems we find out that basically she didn't want to kill dawn because she wanted someone to complain to Right. <laughs> yeah, because she's whining about not getting any respect and making all the hard decisions, and it's hard. Uh, do you have any idea what that's like? Well, <laughs> gee, it's only kind of what Don's been saying this whole episode. Right. I think these two could be soulmates. <laughs> There's someone for everyone. <laughs> I. That's an entirely different direction they could have gone with this show. 
Turns out Harmony's the vampire with the soul. Buffy, no, you can't kill Harmony. She's my best friend. Uh. <laughs> We're going to do the kind of things that Tara and Willa do. <laughs> no! <laughs> Dawn, you can't be a witch. They're all lesbians. <laughs> you know, they are. Like, I mean, yeah. Every single woman I know who identifies as a witch is... Uh, At least by pretty gay <laughs> yeah that too <laughs> every last one of them what can I say I'm not going to sugarcoat it love <laughs> they're fucking gay <laughs> good for them there's a great deal of myth about Dracula imagine the trick to defeating him lies in separating the fact from the fiction what kind of an unholy creature advances cheap tasteless statuary Anyway, Mort comes in with the rest of the gang. They're they're like, we're going to kill Dawn and eat her. We're going to kill you too, Harmony. <laughs> and then... What about their legs? They don't need those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's mutiny time. They're all like, yeah, we voted. Except for Brad, he abstained. Fucking nerds. <laughs> and they're going to eat Dawn and kill Harmony. It's like, okay, things haven't been perfect, you guys. I just need time to grow into my leadership role. <laughs> Mort's like, uh, no, I'm gonna kill you anyway. Yeah. And then Dawn is like, oh, touch me and my sister's gonna kill you. And and the one vampire walks up and just fucking pokes her. Pokes her shoulder. And, and then, then he dies. And then Buffy kills him. And Buffy's line, quote of the day, can't say she didn't warn him. Got the ye old stake from behind. Giggity. <laughs> And then she just easily lays waste. Casually. Okay, yeah, sorry. Casually. She has like, a... Nonchalantly. <laughs> <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> she's picking her nose and accidentally flips a booger at one of them and it happens to have a trace amount of wood in it. No, not Mr. Boogerty. <laughs> <laughs> And then he literally died from a splinter, calling back to Dawn's line from the beginning of the episode. The only one she has any real trouble with is Mort, because <laughs> <Mr>. he's... Booker. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you, Mr. Boogerty. <laughs> <laughs> no, the only one she has any real difficulty with killing is Mort because he's fucking huge. He's kind of the odd man out here. Yeah. He's the only one that's significantly larger than everyone else. Yeah, he's huge, he's strong, and he's obviously slightly smarter than the rest of them. Strangely, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised Harmony was able to kill him in the first place, but she probably just seduced him. Yeah. And he probably was like, boobies. And she was like, I'm going to drink your blood now. And he was like, boobies. <laughs> and then she drank his blood and he was like, boobies. <laughs> and then he turned into a vampire and he was like, boobies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about how that story went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. I didn't know we needed the backstory, but <laughs> that was deep. That's the backstory of Mort, everybody. <laughs> so Puffy kills both a unicorn. <laughs> I love that they brought the unicorns full circle. Yeah. It's fantastic. 
Harmony run, runs away. Buffy's killed all the vampires. She is uh, basically bickering at Dawn while she sets her free. Yeah, they argue uh, hilariously, I thought, as Buffy frees Dawn from her chains. Uh, yeah, well, I'm telling mom that you slayed in front of me. Okay, well, I'll tell her you invited a vampire in and got Anya hurt and got kidnapped. Okay, why don't we just call it even? <laughs> I don't think she said that, but no, that was no. kind of the... Uh, well, it, when... was, it was hilarious. <laughs> like, this should be uh, one of those, like, I'm just so happy that you're okay kind of moments. Right. But as she's cutting the chains, like, nothing has changed. And you know, here's changed. the thing. I would think from a specific perspective that Joyce would be not mad that Buffy slayed vampires in front of Dawn. But As Joyce evidenced. has given me no fucking evidence to believe that she that that's how she would respond. As evidenced by the amount of fucking coddling that they're doing. Oh, she saw a dead body. She's obviously going to end up being one of the Scoobies. She's yeah. Buffy's fucking sister. She's going to see these things. Yeah. You fucking make your your young daughter hang around the fucking chosen slayer of the vampire. <laughs> She's going to see some shit. The vampires. Yes. If you will. She's going to see some, see some shit. Yeah. So cut back to Buffy's house where Buffy and Dawn are kind of coming in nice and quiet. Uh... In the, I think they came in the back door or the front door. I think it's the back door because okay, it goes yeah. into the kitchen. So they come in the back door just as Joyce comes in the front door, and without a look between each other, without any spoken word whatsoever, they just simultaneously mutually agree to not bring any of it up. Sometimes you just gotta lie your damn face off to your mom. I learned that hey, at a very young age. Fucking solidarity. Yeah. You don't incriminate each other. That too. I do that with my coworkers. Like, no, you don't you don't incriminate your coworkers. <laughs> I do, but we have very different well, jobs. Yes, very different <laughs> jobs and uh very different coworkers. Yeah. I actually like my coworkers. Oh, yeah. Well, and I most of them are very good at their jobs. I like most of mine too. Neither here nor there. So Joyce sends Dawn to bed, and Dawn is strangely compliant with this. Well, honestly, at this point, I if I were Dawn, I think I would be very fucking tired. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> no, she's obviously, the reason she's compliant with it is because she's relieved. She's like, okay, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely bed. Whereas had it been a normal night, she'd been like, ah. I'm 14. I want to stay up and I'm going to be an adult soon. I should stay up. I need a hot dog so I can throw it on the ground. <laughs> I'm not part of your system. <laughs> yeah. So then we go back to Dawn's voiceover thingy about it being cool that Buffy didn't say anything to Joyce. Turns out Anya was okay and Xander wasn't mad, so it all worked out or something. Yeah. Cut back over to the magic shop. Oh, I was going to do it with you. Oh, well, shit. Let's try it again. Cut back over to the magic shop. shop. That works. I like it. Excellent. So, yep, the well, magic yeah, shop. We got to have one for both. Yeah. Buffy and for Angel. And Giles is positively giddy about having bought the magic shop. 
apparently sometime this episode, while the rest of the Scoobies were fucking around with vampires and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Giles is basically talking about the store and going on about all the things that they can do with it and all this. And uh... I enjoyed Buffy's line. She's like, don't these shop owners usually have the life expectancy of a spinal tap drummer? Ba-doom-tsh. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good line. As he's telling her, oh, we have training space in the back. Let's go take a look. Also... No, people actually pay for the things they take and never return. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many good lines in this episode. Uh, As they're heading into the back room, Buffy says, Boy, you've really thought this through. How bored were you last year? Giles says, I watched Passions with Spike. Let us never speak of it. Yes, that was one of mine too. Oh, God. So they're in the back. They're talking and they're starting to fade out. And we cut back to Dawn. Her final line of the episode is... She still thinks I'm Little Miss Nobody. And it's voiceover. Yeah. She still thinks I'm Little Miss Nobody. Just her dumb little sister. Boy, is she in for a surprise. Well, now, that's mighty fucking ominous, isn't yes. it? Yes. Hmm. It is quite mighty fucking ominous, even though Dawn doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. I dare say. Well, talk about your cliffhanger. Yes. Gerarg. Ger fucking arg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength, strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall give, walk in Hold on. You've got something here. Huh? Well, Gorsh Rex, how'd you feel about this episode? <sighs> on one hand, there was a, a lot of good lines, and it was somewhat entertaining. I did enjoy how they... Uh, use the voiceover very effectively to put uh, to inject a lot more characterization for Dawn as a character without having the the ability to put the real time that they've done for all the other characters. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really well done. All that being said, fucking way too much goddamn whininess. I thought it was interesting how quickly I started accepting Dawn as just another character and part of the Scooby yeah. gang. But I think that's just because I know that she is. I vaguely recall that they just kind of explain it away in like another episode or two. And it's not a thing. And then they're just like, well, um, you're just a vestigial part of this spell that we don't want to get rid of because we love you so damn much. And the Keeper is a character. And I think I love this episode and... The addition of this new character, because I think it's one of the ballsiest, bold-faced, hey, we're going to completely shoehorn this brand new character into a show that they actually pulled off really well because they were able to use the fact that this show can explain away anything with magic and demons. Right. However the hell they want to the point where it just feels like it makes perfect sense by the time it all wraps itself up and we've just accepted her as a character. I specifically went and looked at the wiki of this episode to get an idea of like what happened in the background, how it came about and everything. Partly because I wanted them I wanted to see what it said about, you know, injecting this character in. And this whole episode was literally just written because they had this blank slate character. They had no idea who the hell she was supposed to be. And they're like they gave it to this one dude and they're like just figure it out and so that's all this episode was about was he was just like okay i gotta figure out what this fucking character is 
Good for them. And they gave they gave him just complete total free reign to do it. Wow. A, that's fucking teamwork. <laughs> <laughs> and B, <laughs> that's more like high school teamwork where they <laughs> they put you in a group of four. And you're the only one who actually does the work. And it's it's the group of the valedictorian and the three kids that always sit in the back and fuck off all class. <laughs> yep. And obviously the valedictorian does all the work, but doesn't mind. She's like, I don't want you fucking buffoons fucking up my goddamn grade. <laughs> so why don't you just sit there and I'll take care of this. Or in in the in uh, terms that we truly can understand, you put Cordy, Xander, Buffy, and Willow in a group project in in school. <laughs> Willow does all the work. Willow We're done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cordy and Buffy are they're fairly hey. academically competent. Yeah, but they're going to spend the whole time bickering at each other. That's true. That is very <laughs> true. And they're they're going to fill it with drama immediately. But no, my point being is I thought this this episode really did an excellent job of making this character a character. They did. They absolutely like, did. And I really enjoy her character for the rest of the series, as I recall. And uh, But yeah, it does get a little tedious with the amount of whining. But also, I think that some of the criticism we got earlier on in Beer with Buffy was that we were too hard on Buffy when a lot of the times they were just accurately writing a teenage girl who's got depression and abuse issues. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think... They were accurately writing a relationship for this girl being injected into that situation. No, you know, I think you I think you are right. So on I don't that. think it's too whiny. I think it's just whiny enough. I'm actually really grateful they had fucking casted a teenage girl to play a teenage girl. <laughs> not a 20-year-old. And not a 20-year-old. <laughs> The age that Sarah Michelle Gellar was during the filming of this season, she's well past college age, but like it still works because she's a college age character. Right. And, and had they actually cast somebody who was even a little bit older than high school age, it would not have fucking worked whatsoever. Yeah. But also... I fucking love Michelle Trachtenberg. Oh, and she had a great track record and uh, resume coming into this. Oh, yeah. And uh, another thing I learned off the wik the Wikipedia, Michelle Trachtenberg got cast solely because Sarah Michelle Gellar said, fucking get her. Nice. Cast her. <laughs> Look at this fucking girl. She's really good. Cast her. And the studio was like, I guess we're going to cast her. That's funny. Yeah. Also, fun fact, Michelle Trachtenberg has the record for fastest character from guest appearance to main cast. Because in the first episode of this season, the, the Dracula episode, she appears as guest starring. Hmm. Because she's in that very last scene. Guest starring, even though she... Yeah. <laughs> One shot. Um, and it, this episode, <laughs> she's in main cast opening credits at the tail end of the actual like credits okay right after riley interesting i mean they would have to because they have to know what they're doing with their character at this point oh yeah that just adds to the level of pure ridiculous chutzpah yeah that they like, broke oh 
Not a, we're going to bring her in and then we're going to make her main cast before Tara. Right? Oof. Yeah, they broke molds with this show. Yeah. But also, that's kind of a dick move to Tara, isn't it? Now that you mention it. Yeah, she gets main cast right when she dies. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> that's crazy. Well, um, what's your quote of the day, Rex? My quote of the day, man, it's such a hard toss up here because these are two lines that actually legitimately really made me have to pause and like they cracked me up the most. But I'm going to I'm going to give my quote of the day to Giles uh, and just his line. I loathe this sitting here not contributing Ah, when he's talking about driving an automatic that just it fucking cracked me up because same Giles. Same. <laughs> I love that line because I referenced that line several seasons ago in terms of something else that was that happened with Giles. And I was like, I don't remember when this happens, but I know that some point down the line, he says this thing about not tri- contributing to his stick shift car because it's an automatic. And that's the one. So yeah. that's funny. But my honorable mention is uh, in the previous scene uh, with Riley when Buffy asks if. He's mad at her and his response is, no, not at all. I'm plotting your death, but in a happy way. (laughs) And that honestly, that's the dorky shit I say in relationships. And that made me happy. No, that's funny shit. That's quality. So what's your quote of the day? (laughs) Okay. I got to give mine to Don. I think it's because he's just so old. (laughs) I'm not sure how old he is. But I heard him use the word newfangled one time, so he's got to be pretty far gone. <laughs> I just love that line because it's it's hilarious how the perspective of age changes over the years. Right. And that also, line is also exceptionally well written to sound like it's actually being written by a 14-year-old girl. And also, I just love the word newfangled. Yeah. It's <laughs> a great word. Yeah. And a quick honorable mention here Buffy uh, is Giles's line. Buffy says... Giles, are you breaking up with your car? (laughs) Well, it did seduce me, old red and sporty. (laughs) And there it is. Yeah, that's it. Indeed. This has been another episode of Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, We have a Facebook group specifically to interact with fans. If you would like to support our show, the best way you can do that is head over to iTunes and give us a review. If you give us a review and you email us proof, we will send you a sticker. Your choice, Beer with Buffy or Ale with Angel sticker. If you would like to support us just financially, you can do that as well. Patreon.BeerWithBuffy.com If you would like to purchase your own sticker rather than getting a free one, but you could also purchase some shirts and other fun goodies at our merch store, store store.BeerWithBuffy.com If you'd like to get in touch with us, tell us what you think of our show personally. Maybe yell at us, correct us, complain about Josh's constant terrible, terrible jokes. Good terrible. You know. Excellent terrible. I I don't think so, Josh. Uh, You can do so (laughs) by calling our voicemail or texting our voicemail number at 269-743-0783. Or you can email us, beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. 
As always, thank you very much to JJ Treadway for our transition and opening closing music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. done why are we watching this <laughs>